It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com. You can send messages to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan at the chat room, or you can hit us up on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer, the great Willie Rofen. As we talk the upcoming NFL season, and it's got started on Thursday, and it's going to get we're going to have a full slate of games on Sunday, which is going to be very, very exciting. But we're going to talk to Willie about those great, great things. A lot of great things to talk about in the National Football League, or should I say the Arena League. I mean, what we saw the other day with uh, Peyton Manning throwing seven touchdowns and darn near 500 yards, I mean, you thought it was Arena League football out there. And, I, I you know, maybe this is, what we're going to see and what we should expect to see moving forward. I mean, putting up, you know, teams putting up big-time numbers, quarterbacks having big-time numbers. I mean, seven touchdowns. You're talking about seven touchdowns in a game. Seven big touchdowns. Wow. Darn near 500 yards, 463 to be exact. This hasn't happened in a long, long time. Very long time. Why a tittle time? That's the last time we've seen a guy throw these many touchdowns in a game. Seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. It's a long time. A long time. Two players to do it. Y.A. Tittle back in 1962, which is a mighty long time ago. A lot of us wasn't even here in 1962. I know I wasn't here in 1962. And, of course, Peyton Manning did it the other night. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions in a game. I mean, that was an amazing performance. And you knew the Broncos coming off the the disappointing loss to the Ravens in the playoffs, a game that 
I look at and I and I say to myself, the Denver Broncos were the better football team. I still believe the Denver Broncos were the better football team. They were the better football team then, even though the Ravens won and it is what it is. And they're a better football team now. I mean, 49 big points, seven big touchdowns, 462 yards for Peyton Manning. Seven touchdowns. What an amazing performance. I look at this, and and a lot of people are saying, you know what, should we expect this? Is this what we're going to see throughout the course of this NFL season? Are we going to see crazy points being put up? Are we going to see arena league-type football? Is that what we're going to see moving forward? Just arena league-type football, up and down, scoring at will, pretty much. Are we going to see that? Or will this whole thing tighten up? I hope it tightens up a little bit. I mean, you know, arena football is arena football, but it's not popular. And, you know, it's not really a popular brand of football. It has a level of popularity, but, of course, it's not a popular brand of football, and it's not a, an enjoyable brand of football. It's not enjoyable seeing teams go up and down the field scoring multiple touchdowns. You know, that's just not very enjoyable to me. You know, I'm more of a purist of the game. You know, and the NFL is not really trying to market its product towards me. They're trying to market its product towards the casual fan. That's what they're trying to market their product to, and they figure, you know what, you score a bunch of points, guess what? It's going to get exciting. Chicks dig touchdowns. The casual fan enjoys a whole bunch of points. I don't enjoy it. I don't I don't enjoy 49 to 27. I don't enjoy that. I enjoy 24 to 17, 17 to 10, 14 to 10. I can enjoy something like that, a hard-fought defensive football game, a Ravens-Steeler-like football game. You know, that's the type of games that I enjoy. I don't enjoy 49 to 27. I don't enjoy that. I, I don't think that's an enjoyable brand of football. I don't think that's a good brand of football. That's no defense being played. That's offenses scoring at will. That's like arena league football. And again, last I checked, people aren't clamoring to watch arena league football. They're just not. But Peyton Manning, he's in his own. Picked up where he left off. Maybe he'll get that fifty. He'll hit the fifty touchdown mark again. It's forty-three. To 43 more, and he'll have 50 again. Maybe he'll get to that mark again. I mean, it wouldn't be out of realm of possibility. I know I heard Danny Canal say this yesterday, that if Dan Marino was playing football with these rules that are presently in place, he would have 8,000 yards and 80 touchdowns in a season. And, you know, obviously I don't think that would necessarily happen, but I think we get the point. The point is, with the rules that are in place, defenseless receivers and the, the lack of contact down the field that can be had without penalties being thrown. With all these things in place, the reality is we're going to see possibly a lot more points. I mean, Peyton Manning, a career-high 49 back in 2004, which was shattered and broken the following year by Tom Brady. So the thing about it is this. 
We should get used to this. We we need to get used to this because this is what we're going to see possibly this season. A lot of points. If you love points being scored at an alarming alarming rate, if you like points being scored at an alarming rate, if you like points, you're going to like this year's NFL and probably the NFL moving forward. 49 to 27, seven touchdowns. This is where football is going. We're going to see a lot of points being scored. I believe we are. I think we're going to see a lot of points being scored. Maybe it'll even out. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back around. But the way the rules are, the way they're protecting defenseless receivers, the way they protect the quarterback, the way the rules are called in terms of down-the-field contact with corners and safeties against wide receivers, you should expect a whole bunch of points to be scored. Expect a lot of points. Expect a lot of points. But that was an amazing performance by Peyton Manning. But the NFL season is here. It's upon us. It's an amazing time of the year. It's fall. It falls around the corner. You can smell and start feeling the leaves going to the crown. This is a great time of the year. Heck, I mean, if you're a boxing fan, you got Mayweather, Canelo next week. I mean, college football started last week. It's up and running. A lot of things going on there. You got the MLB pennant races in full swing, battling it out to get to the playoffs. I mean, you got a lot of great sports right now. The summer is over. The summer is over. I mean, the beauty of the summer is the summer, the, the warm weather, the, the beautiful times, the vacations, the things of that nature. But guess what? Back to life and back to reality, and a part of back to life and back to reality is the NFL season, is the college football season, is the MLB pay, uh, playoffs, is the NBA season approaching. This is back to life. This is back to reality in a good way, in a good way. But this is exciting. A lot of storylines coming into this season. RG3, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, the young quarterback, the young guns. One of those young guns is going to take a step back this season. I'll tell you who later. But one of those young guns will be taking a step back this season. One of these young guns, is not going to have the type of year they had a year ago. We'll discuss. But tomorrow's a great day, a big day. The NFL season. It's a big day. And full swing, granted, started Thursday, but let's get be honest, Sunday is the day where it all gets started. A full slate of games. A lot of intriguing matchups. And in the first week of the NFL season, it's always so intriguing because you just never know. Who's going to be good? Who's going to be bad? Who's going to surprise? You're always going to get that surprise. I'm in the playoffs. They change from year to year. Who's in it? Changes quite often. Changes quite often. Some say too often. I mean, you look at the New York Giants. 2011, won the Super Bowl. The next year, they're sitting home watching the playoffs just like you and I. 
So that's the reality of football. You just never know. It's not like the NBA. I mean, the NBA, over the last 13, 10 years, who have the champions been? It's been the Lakers. It's been the Heat. It's been the Spurs. It's been the Pistons. It's been the Mavericks. Essentially five teams in the last 13 years have won the NBA title. Five teams. Five teams. So you pretty much have an idea. You pretty much have an idea of who is going to win in the NBA. You have an idea. Not so not the case in the National Football League. Just not the case in the National Football League. It's not. It's so unpredictable. The reality is also, unlike the NBA, in the National Football League, even in baseball, even in hockey as well, the best team does not always win. New York Football Giants, two seasons ago, they were not the best team. They were not the best team. I thought the Packers were a better football team. But guess what? It's a one game, and the Packers came out and played their worst game of the season. One of the worst games of the season at the wrong time. You say a seven-game series, it could be different, but they don't have seven-game series in the National Football League. The guys couldn't even last in the seven-game series. Do you ima- could you imagine? But anyway, you look at that. You look at last year with the Ravens, a team that I thought the Broncos were better than, a team that I thought the 49ers were better than. I mean, I thought the 49ers were a better football team. I thought, going along those same lines, I thought the Broncos we're a better football team. But guess what? doesn't matter. What matters is what you do at the most important time. What matters is how you play at the most important time. These are the things that matter. What you do at the most important time, and the most important time is when teams like the Ravens stepped up a year ago and teams like the Giants two seasons ago stepped up. Both of those teams, I don't, I don't think, were the best football teams in the league. I really don't. I don't think any of those teams were the best in the National Football League. I thought the Packers were better two seasons ago, and I thought the Broncos and the 49ers were better last year. But guess what? It does not matter. It does not matter. What matters is what you do at the most important time. Let's bring in a guy now, Hall of Famer, as we talk the upcoming NFL season. Should be a very exciting NFL season. Got off to a great start the other night, Thursday night football, as we saw the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning put up seven touchdowns. Maybe we have Arena League football coming to a National Football League stadium near you. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer, the great Willie Rowe. Willie, how are you, man? Doing good. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you- Willie, let's get right down to it. 
what we saw the other night with Peyton Manning. Seven touchdowns, 462 yards, and an impressive performance by the Denver Broncos. Your thoughts on what you saw from Peyton Manning? You know, unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, once they got in sync and, and then got going, uh, uh, you know, it, it was it was very impressive what he did, what he was able to do, especially with the new rules. And, and he had some guys drop some balls, too. So he could have even had, you know, more numbers than that. But um, uh, the league's definitely changing. And, and um, uh, But, but if, if, you, if you're going to let him sit back there, you know, he's going to pick you apart. Uh, with the no huddle and speed, they sped up the game some in the second half, and I think Baltimore just got tired. I mean, you know, they they they, they weren't doing as much offensively, and they, they got tired. They, they look like it too. It's, I, I talked about this earlier, and, and I and I'm looking at today's NFL, and I'm looking at the game I saw Thursday night. A lot of points scored. I mean, 49 points. 49.7 touchdowns, 462 yards. Those are arena league-type numbers. And, I mean, I know the rules are the rules, and the NFL has to do what they have to do. But, I mean, is this going to be a trend moving forward, you think? Are we going to see a lot of points scored? Uh, with certain teams. Certain teams will be able okay. to score a lot of points. Everybody won't be able to do that. Buffalo won't be doing that. I mean, you won't have a lot of, you know, Everybody won't be doing that. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see across the board how much scoring goes up this year. Uh, you know, with Chip Kelly's style of offense, what 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 they'll be able to do. But but a lot of teams are implementing speeding it up, speeding the tempo up, and uh, not letting the defense rest. So, like you said, if you can throw the ball and if you can protect the quarterback. You you see what happened, but that that is Peyton Manning who who who's calling calling his calls, reading the defense. The game has slowed down so much for him. He's he's a special special quarterback. So let's not just look at the forty nine points and say this is a new league. That that is a very very special quarterback that put up those numbers uh, Thursday night. And uh, you know I I think I think after looking at history. Uh, after last year in '97, when they when they got beat by Jacksonville in the first round after the 13-3 season, they went on to get a ring. And I think if they're gonna get Von Miller back, they're gonna get tough on defense. They're gonna be tough to beat those guys late in the year, especially when it starts cooling down. Definitely, and if Peyton Manning can play like the way he played last season and play like the way he played Thursday night. The Denver Broncos, like you said, I mean, adding a Welker as well on the offensive side of football, I mean, they're going to be a very, very tough team to beat moving forward. Willie, let's go to Philadelphia now. He had the situation, Riley Cooper, Kerry Williams. We all know Riley Cooper's comments and, and the comments that he made this summer at the Kenny Chesney concert and everything that's associated with that. Do you think that's going to be a distraction for the Eagles moving forward? No, no, I think I think they're past it. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, they're past it. That was a while ago, um, and, and it's time to play football now. Everything counts. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to see how Michael Vick plays this year. I hope he has a Pro Bowl season again and uh, and leads that offense to some big numbers. But uh, but but uh, yeah, I think they're past it. I don't think that'll be a distraction this year. 
let, let me ask you this. I mean, you've been in many NFL locker rooms throughout the course of your career. If you, how would you approach Riley Cooper? I mean, you know, what he said at that concert and how he said it and watching the video, I'm not calling him a racist and I'm not accusing him of being a racist because I don't think it's fair. But what I saw in that video was a guy who was saying that word and was very comfortable using the N-word and said it with a lot of venom. I mean, how would you deal with Riley Cooper if you were in the NFL locker room with if you were in the locker room with him? You know, I mean, I look at it. He was at a country concert. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of black people at that concert he was at, first of all. And you know, I think, he, to me, it looked like he was just trying to show out. But, I mean, I would be on the offensive side of the ball with him. So, obviously, you know, you have to, you're going to have to interact with him. I mean, you're going to have to interact with him if you play with him. Uh, you know, if I was a young player in the league, you know, I probably would have some words for him. But uh, you know, I, you know, as, as I got older in the league, I, you know, I was a little different guy. But when you know, if you're a young guy in the league, and you got a lot of young guys on that team, you, you gotta, you, you, you need to say what you feel about it, and you got to keep it going because if he can help you win, the bottom line, right. if he's still a productive player, and he can help the team win. We need him to help us win. And then we had some players go down at that position, and we need him to help us win. So I think I would choose to want to win football games over, you know, having beef with him in the locker room, you know. So I, I, would, I, would be, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take it too far because I'm trying to win football games. Right. And I and I think that's a fair point. I mean, at the end of the day, how a person feels about you is how they feel about you. You're not going to change it anyway. Bottom line is, if you're in a National Football League locker room, your ultimate goal, to your point, is to win. And if he can help you win, then you've got to And the bottom line is, after him. the game's over, and when we, and when, when, we, when we get dressed to go home, we're, we're not going to be hanging out with Riley Cooper anyway. So we're not going to be in the right. same spot tonight. You know, he ain't going to the side of Philly. Then I'm probably going to, and you know, and you probably. know, he, so he he he's not welcome over there. <laughs> he's probably not. I mean, he definitely is going to have to watch himself in certain parts of the city. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe and Willie. Let's stick with the Eagles as they play the Washington Redskins, and let's go to RG3. I mean, he's making his return from ACL, LCL, MCL injury. I mean, a big time injury that he suffered in the playoffs against the Seattle Seahawks. He's coming back. Has not played a preseason. Has not played in the preseason at all. I mean, this is his second year in the league. Doesn't have a lot of experience. I know, you know, it's probably the right thing to do to hold him back and 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 make sure he is completely healthy before he plays a snap. But how do you think Robert Griffin III is going to play on Monday night? I'm 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 worried about him. To be honest with you, you haven't played at all in the preseason, Paul. When when the game when things happen, uh, you know, is a young quarterback. He's going to revert back to what he knows how to do. He's going to revert back to running around. Uh, you know, he's not a drop back quarterback. And and I'm sorry, he's going to get out of the game. He's going his adrenaline's going to get going, and he's going to take off. Now, has he learned how to slide? He's going to have to learn how to slide, avoid hits, and things like that. But when you get out there and he's in that game, I don't know if that's going to happen. 
So I, I am I am worried for this kid, and you know, cause, cause, and then the, and I look at it in their, in their eyes. If he's not ready, they got a real good quarterback that's just sitting behind him, cousin. So yeah, you know, okay. I, I want I want I want to see how you three do good, but 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 I, you know, for what they're doing and. And you gotta play some in the preseason. You just can't get out there and start a regular season game. You ever thinking of snapping in the preseason? You know, I mean, you gotta get some timing down. You got it's a lot of pressure on that kid. It's a lot of pressure on him, and I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about him. I, I agree. I mean, I just, I just think you know, going into this whole situation, I think it's going to be a slow start for him. Not saying he's not going to you know, ultimately get himself right, but I think it's going to be a slow start for him. To your point, has not played a snap in preseason. As you said, you know you got to get your timing down. You got to get all those things down, and the preseason helps you to do that. He's missing that. He's missed out on it. He he really has. And and I think the you know we also look at it this week. I mean, we the rule in terms of the quarterback and uh, with the the spread offenses is when they hand off. You know, they are able to get hit by defenders. So, I mean, he's going to get tested. And I think a lot of these lead option quarterbacks are going to get tested because, you know, they're they're going to find a way to beat up the quarterback. And I think that's one of the ways to stop the read option. Yeah, and, and how much read option are they going to do? I mean, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? I mean, what, you know, I mean, what are they going to do with our, what identity is that offense going to have? We don't know that. And... Right. Like I said, Paul, when things go, when things start going haywire, what do we do? What do we? What do we do? We revert back to what we do best, and what right. he do, does best is run around and create stuff, when, when and improvise. So, well, you know, I just, I just want to, you know, this kid has, you know, I'm not gonna say potential to be. A uh, very, very good player for a long time in this league, and to put up big numbers in his career. And I just hope he gets a chance to do it. Right, and, and this should be interesting to see. Let, let's just say this whole thing blows up. I think let's just say the Redskins take a step back, which I think they actually will this season. But let's just say it all happens. I think this is probably going to be the end of Mike Shanahan, considering some of the things that's going on between him and RG three in terms of. RG3 saying one thing, Shanahan saying another, and everything with that whole situation. I think if if it, if it falls apart, I think it's going to be the end of Shanahan because RG3 right now is the Washington Redskins. Well, you are you are as long as you can play. <laughs> that, right. That's the thing. I mean, you are you are today. What have you done for me lately? You know. You know, the, the, it's that type of league, man. What have you done for me lately? And the, and, the, and that young kid cousin is is, is is biting at the chops to play football, and he, and he's shown that he has some some ability and he can play. So, I mean, he is the Redskins, but you know, they, if something happens, they got to go to the next guy, and the next guy doesn't look like he's gonna be that. Looks like he's going to be a very good quarterback too. So, like like I said, I, I want I want I want to see the kid do good, but 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 you you can go from being the man to somebody stepping up and being the man just like that. You know this league is not forgiving, and they will move on if they have to. So, and 
you talked about Kirk Cousins. We had him on the show this summer, and and to your point, I mean, just talking to him, he's a very confident guy, and he definitely believes that he is a starter in this league. And whether it's with the Redskins or somebody else, he's definitely going to be a starter when it's all said and done. But I don't think it will be with Washington. I think it's going to be somewhere else. But we'll see. And, and like you said, I mean, this is the NFL stands for not for long sometimes. It's, it's not a very forgiving league, to your point. I want to, speaking of not a very forgiving league, Tim Tebow. I mean, this is a guy who a couple of years ago won a playoff game, has as many playoff victories as Tony Romo. He was cut last week by the New England Patriots, and rightfully so. I mean, he was awful in the preseason. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback, but – there were reports out there that, you know what, teams have approached him and have asked him to, to switch positions. Tebow has come out and said, you know what, I'm not switching positions. I'm going to be a quarterback in the National Football League. That is my goal. Bottom line, Willie Rofe, if, if Tim Tebow sticks to that position, I, I want to be an NFL quarterback in this league, will he be in this league, the National Football League? No, he will not. <laughs> and if he really wants to be in this football league, he will switch positions and do what he wants to do to play football. If he doesn't want to play football, Tim Tebow has a lot of options. I mean, Tim Tebow can go go into preaching. He can go into, into whatever. Tim Tebow can go into uh, politics. He can go into a lot of different things. But he will not do it at quarterback. And, and, and I think he knows that. Uh, you got teams, you got rugby teams trying to get him to come and play rugby. I mean, it's just, um, I feel sorry, you know, people got tired of some of the Tim Tebow stuff, but he, he really has tried hard. He's a good kid, um, and, 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 and he wants to keep playing quarterback. But, I mean, he I, I agree with some, of the, some, with some of the other people say, with some of what they say. If he wants to get some experience and, play, and try to play quarterback in the league, why not go to Canada for a little while and see how it goes and then try to come back to the league? I mean, I mean that, that's good competitive football. Maybe you don't come back to the league. He could go to Canada and maybe become a big star over there. And I don't understand why, why not try it. You might as well try it. I mean, what, right. what do you think about that, Paul? I mean, I, I don't think he has anything to lose. But from a lot of, what a lot of people are saying about Canadian football, you know, I haven't watched a lot of it, but what they say is you have to be a fairly good passer to be good in Canadian football, I mean, Warren Moon had a lot of success up there. Doug Flutie had a lot of success up there. And, and Doug Flutie, one of the things that, you know, kept him out of the league for a long period of time was his height. But ultimately, he he could throw the football. You know, a lot of people had a problem with his height. Tim Tebow, the issue with him is he can't throw the football. I mean, 36%. Go over there work on your mechanics then. If you can't go to football... Then go over there in the, in the league. You have to throw the ball in and see if you have success over there. Now, right, if that's you go a good over point. there and you don't have success, then we know you can't play in the NFL, okay? So <clears throat> maybe the question is, does he really want to figure out if he can play or not? Because if he did, he'd go to Canada where they do throw the football a whole bunch, and he would figure out how to throw the football on a consistent basis because that's the only way he's really going to get better at this point. The only way he's going to get better is repetition and playing. If he's not playing and he's just playing in the preseason, then he's not going to get better. He's going to get better by putting time in on the football field, not in practice, in a game-type situation, playing football. Just like they used to have everybody that wanted good players, 
go to NFL Europe. And some guys went to NFL Europe and changed positions or played the same position, and they weren't that good when they first started playing. But they turned into very, very good football players by going to NFL Europe and playing football. You gotta, you, you, you're not going to get better by practicing, and, and, and you, you will. I mean, that's why they have, you know, practice squad, but you will. But you get better by putting yourself in game-type situations, playing football, working on your fundamentals, and getting better. I mean, that, so the logical thing for me, if he really wants to keep playing football, would be to go to Canada. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fair point. But uh, I, on one hand, I agree with you. On the other hand, I, I have to respect his persistence and, and his self-belief and the belief that he can ultimately play consistently in the National Football League. I mean, if you can, go to Canada and work on your mechanics. I'm not right. saying he can't play in the league. I'm saying he doesn't sit at home on the couch talking about it. That's going to make you get any better. What's going to make him get better is getting out there playing football and, and not t- and, 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 and working on his craft right now. If he really right. wants to play football and he really wants to be a quarterback, he would go to Canada and play football this year and keep playing football and keep getting better. Because him going out there at the end of a preseason game, playing with the backups, you know, in a lot of situations, you know, sitting out there being rusty, that that's not going to be – that's not gonna, you're not going to really know. When he was in Denver, he got out there and he was playing with the ones. He wasn't playing with the backups. He was playing with the starters. Right. So, really, you can't gauge it. So, like I said, if he wants to keep playing football, I feel like he should go to Canada and keep and keep working on it, especially in a league that passes the ball like that. Right. Right. So, it, it, to you, it's all about getting the reps, live reps on a, on a football field, whether it's Canada, whether it's National Football League. You got to get the reps on a football field, live reps to get better. Him getting out there playing with the with the twos and threes isn't a really good evaluator of how good a football player is in certain situations in the games anyway because he's playing with a lot of guys that are going to be cut. They're trying to make the team. So some of that isn't in the, in the real life shot. But him going to Canada, getting real life reps, getting better, playing every day, starting every week, <clears throat> will be a real indicator whether he can be an NFL quarterback or not. And maybe he doesn't really want to know because if he really wanted to play quarterback, like I said, a lot of outstanding quarterbacks have played in Canada. Some that never even came back to the National Football League that were outstanding right. quarterbacks. Like I said, he might go over there and become a cult, a cult hero if he wins. So, you know, I mean, you could have a lot of fun over there. With, with uh, Warren Moon won, like, what, three or four great cups in a, I mean, in a row? I mean, I, I don't think Warren Moon would change Going to Canada, his experience over there because he was a, he was one of the best, he was an outstanding quarterback when he was in Canada. Definitely, I mean Warren Moon put up big time numbers in Canada and then ultimately got him back to the National Football League. And 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 to your point, I, I don't I don't really see another position that he could play in the National Football League. I I don't, I don't see any other position he could play. I, I don't think he could be a tight end. I don't think he can really be a, a running back. I, I think. He don't we want to may play have seen the last. He don't ball. want to play fullback. Right, he doesn't want to play any other position. He's not willing to do that, and I don't think he will be successful in any other position. To be honest with you, I just I don't see it. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Stranger things have happened. Willie, a few weeks ago, we we saw the end of the concussion lawsuit. At this point, it was settled. Seven hundred sixty-five million dollars. The NFL has agreed to pay to the players. 
who were involved in this lawsuit. Now that it's over, do, do you see any other things popping up? Do you think this is the end of these type of lawsuits? I know a lot of other guys, uh, some college guys, uh, are putting a lawsuit against the NCAA. I know a few players yesterday, a few days ago, uh, put together another lawsuit against the National Football League. But do you see it as the end of the lawsuits, or do you think we'll see this continue to happen no, for years to come? Lawsuits, but not as big. I mean, this one was was it was this lawsuit was was so big. Uh, part a lot a lot to do with the, with the press that was on it and the way everybody talked about it, and a lot to do with the way the NFL handled it. I mean, you know, from the reports, you got a rheumatologist. Uh, arthritis doctor heading up the panel right. for people with concussions. I mean, that makes no sense to begin with. I mean, you have neurologists and brain specialists to do that. So uh, when all the report when the reports came out about all that stuff and and then um, you know who they had running the, the boards and and, and 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 people started talking about it. The NFL had to address it. They had to nip it in the bud. And the NFL is going to handle this basically like they handled all the stuff. Now they right. agreed to a number. They control the money. You have to keep going to see their doctors or, or independent doctors for them to evaluate you again to see what level of damage they, they feel that you have for you to even get some of that money. So, I mean, at the end of the day, when it's all cleared, when it's all said and done, uh, they're just not passing out checks. I mean, you're going to have to go. Some of that money is going to go towards studying it, and some of that money mm-hmm. will go to players. But players will have to go back and get reevaluated and evaluated, and, and they decide what they give each player. And you look at the NFL, $765 million pales in comparison to $7 billion yearly that the NFL rakes in. So, oh, more, I mean, more than seven, Paul, more than seven. Is it more than seven? It's around ten. Okay. Well, you look at it and, and you know, it's, I mean, it, it's a great deal for the NFL as far as I'm concerned. I think they they get out of just hearing about this lawsuit and just the publicity surrounding it. And the amount of players on it, I think it's a great deal for them. They, especially the timing is great as well. I mean, going into the National Football League season, going into the seeding, you don't have to hear about this as much as we have been hearing about it. So I think it's a great deal for the NFL and a decent deal for the players as well. Maybe they could have got more. Maybe they could have got less. Who knows? Anything could have happened once you took this thing to trial. And you know, maybe some. I, you know, I heard some players say that you know they would like to have seen it go to trial. So they can get answers for, on certain things, and you know, I mean, ultimately, I think it's a decent deal for them, and and I think it's good for the league because now they get to move on from it. But I I don't think we'll see the la- I don't think this is the last of it, but I don't think it'll be as big as this one. So we'll see what happens and, moving and, forward. And, Willie, and to that, and to that point, what you said, you know, the main thing moving forward is for the league to make sure when these guys, you know, not like when I came in. If a guy got dinged up, you know, they, they come in there and give you some smell salt and throw you back in the football game. The main thing is for <clears throat> the players have to be honest about the concussions because it's not just the league. The players, some players lie and don't tell everything and, 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 and don't let them know that they're having these symptoms. And the players have to be honest 
and the teams can't throw people back in the game. And, and as long as they do it right, and as long as they really watch over this and, 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 and handle this with a with an with a iron fist and stay to it and make sure take the proper precautions when guys do have concussions, then things will get better. But like I said, as long as some of the players aren't going to tell you the truth and they just want to get back in the game, uh, and, 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 and it makes it kind of hard. So both of them have to work together on this. And, you, and and to that point, I mean, we saw the situation with Alex Smith last season. I mean, had the concussion, was out. Kaepernick came in. Not saying it wasn't going to happen anyway, but it happened. And, and Kaepernick came in, and the rest is history. So you can understand why guys would try and would want to hide this type of thing. And also, in, in defense of the National Football League, the research with these concussions, a lot of this is new Research. It's, it's newer research. So we know a lot more about concussions than we did, say, 10, even 20 years ago. So we we know a lot more about it. So now the, that the league does know a lot more about it, hopefully they can do some things to remedy this situation. Hopefully they can do some things to, to prevent future brain loss, future issues with some of these players. But the, I look at it also this way. This is football. I mean, this is this is the nature of the beast. I mean, you're an offensive lineman. Your job was to hit somebody every single play. You had to hit somebody every single play that you played. So that's just the nature of football, and it's just the nature of the beast, and it's just the nature of the situation. So, I mean, it, you know the risk. I mean, if you're a boxer, you know you're going to get hit. You know, it, it's just the nature of the situation, and, it kind of is what it is. It is. Football is football. It's a physical game. It is what it is. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rose. And Willie, speak, and, and let's stick with this concussion thing. And I want to go more so to the tackling issue. I mean, we, we've seen it now. You, hold, you saw the whole situation with Dustin Keller where the guy went low on him, DJ Swearinger. He went low on Dustin Keller, ripped up his knee. And, and he said after the game, you know what, one of the reasons I did that is because of the whole situation with, with some of the fines coming at guys for head to helmet-to-helmet type of hits. <clears throat> are we going to see a lot more of this? I hope not. You can't, you can't go out you can't dive in the guy's knee. You can't make that excuse for that. That, 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 that was a play where he went low. He, he, you know, he went low after the play. You can't, you can't dive. You can't, you can't dive uh, in somebody's knee. And hit him low. That's not no. I hope I hope we don't see more of that. I hope I hope I hope we I hope we don't see more of that because uh, that you know that play was was not a good play. Uh, and uh, and I, I hope we don't see more of that. No, that we, we that was not a good play. And 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 you you stay up, block a guy in the chest. You can block a guy face to face in the chest. You don't dive in somebody's knee to try to cut him. He was going to block him, I think. So if you're going to block somebody, you just block him head up and, uh, and, and chest to chest. You don't have to lean with your head to block a guy. Well, I mean, it was it wasn't he was going for it was he was going for a tackle, but to your point, I mean, he he went low, and uh, you know, the, the kind of a cardinal rule in a lot of ways. You don't go low the way he went low, but. You can kind of understand why he may have thought, or may why he may have went low because, you know, guys are losing a lot of money 
in terms of fines. And so you, you can understand why guys will want to kind of protect their pockets in a lot of ways. But, I mean, a lot of yeah, – I've heard you, I've heard, guys, heard of you others. You can't guys if a guy unprotected his knees. You can't do that. Right. No, I've heard others say the same thing. So, to your point, I think it's a fair point. You can't do it. You can't do it. Willie, has to, you know, we, we, the season is starting. started actually Thursday, but the full slate of games is tomorrow. At this point, have you thought about in terms of who is, when it's all said and done, who is going to be at the Meadowlands and who is going to be walking away with the Vince Lombardi trophy when it's all said and done? Who's going to win this whole thing? I've thought about it, and uh, I said this Thursday, Thursday, that I, I think uh, I think the last time I looked at Denver, had the type of year they had and then got beat, that was with John Elway, and they went on to win two straight. Uh, and I think um, that second one was 98, they played the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, I'm, I'm predicting Denver, and, Atlanta, and this is this is Tony Gonzalez last year. I'm predicting Denver against uh, Atlanta Falcons, and Denver wins the ring. So you like Denver to uh, to win this whole thing? Yes. Okay, I'm, we're gonna I'm gonna slightly disagree with you. Uh, I thought about the Cincinnati Bengals, and and uh, I, I like what they are on the defensive side of football. I like that front four, Geno Atkins, Michael Johnson. I like some of the things they can do. The linebackers, Maluga as well. I, I like the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a team that's been in the playoffs the past two seasons, a team that has fallen short to the Houston Texans twice over the last two seasons. I think this is a team that's going to take a step forward now, and I think we're going to see them in the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. <coughs> And college happened forty nine. I like the forty nine to get it all. Okay, but listen to what I'm telling you. I think Denver's gonna have a better season than they have and they're gonna have to go play Denver in the playoffs in Denver. And I don't think Cincinnati beats Denver in Denver in the playoffs. I I look at it this way. I mean, last season and I know last season what we saw, the Baltimore Ravens went into Denver and they got the victory. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Denver can't be beat at home. They can't be beat at home. That's not going to happen again. So you're saying that lessons have been learned. Well, I I, I said this. I thought Denver was a better football team last season. I thought Denver was better than the Ravens. I thought the 49ers were better than the Ravens. And Denver's gotten better. They added Welker to the the mix. They added Welker to the mix. Uh, The Ravens, we we saw, as we saw, when you – when you get older, you get older. And what you saw with the Ravens is Stokely and, and Dallas Clark are good players, but they are older, period. Right. So we right. have older players, they slow down. And that's going to be an issue with them for the for the rest of this year. I agree with you saying, but if you look, if you look, if you really look at Cincinnati, when you get past AC Green, a, a Green, who do you have at receiver? You got some you have Jermaine guys. Gresham, the tight end. You got Gresham, the tight end. I said receiver. Who do you have at receiver? If Green goes Andrew down, Hawkins. who do you have? You had Andrew Hawkins, who had a, a stellar season a year ago for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. You don't, I, have I really, you don't have the depth that they have. You also I mean, had the kids to out of Rutgers who had a good 80, year. Who was number 80? The guy that got a coach was playing great. 
number eighty, uh, was was all over the place. The other other receiver, number eighty eight, who's a young guy. I, I just think Peyton has more weapons than they have. And and, and you talk about the Mary Thomas. Eventually, in the course of a game, Denver's going to score points. You're not going to be able to yeah, contain them the whole game. Uh, and I don't feel like I just don't feel like the same. That's going to catch up with New England. I know Peyton. I know uh, 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 Tom Brady is a great quarterback because he spreads the ball around everybody. But when it comes down to big games, you have to have guys that know how to step up and play in those big games. And that's why I favor Denver because you're not going to slow Denver down the whole game, and they're going to be able to score points. Are you going to be able to keep up? Because if you don't score points and you turn the ball over or you're three and out, they're going to get, you're going to get the ball back to Peyton, and you're really going to be in trouble then. Yeah, I mean, Denver. What we saw out of Denver the other night was impressive, and I, they're going to be tough to beat. And but I think Cincinnati is going to beat them. I think that they're they're poised to take that next step, and I think that next step is going to be a Super Bowl. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, the bottom line, I, I always look at it this way with the National Football League. The best team does not always win. Um, and so, you know, Denver, yes, on paper, and, and they've seen it. They, we've seen it. I mean, they, they played very good football the other night. But the best team does not always win in the National Football League. And I, I just see Cincinnati as that team ready to take that next step. Should be interesting. I think the key is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is the key. This is the guy, you know, the past two well, uh, And Andy Dalton's going to have a lot of pressure on him because he's going to have to play a near-perfect game to do it, whereas Peyton Moore had to play a near-perfect game. Another thing, another thing that, Denver's going, that Denver's going to have this year, Denver's going to – Monty Ball is going to be running the ball. They got Ball, they got the other little running back, and they got Marino still. They got three different right. running backs. They can come at you with three different styles of running. So – Outside of passing the ball, they got some backs. So I mean, I, I just think Denver's loaded. I mean, Denver's loaded. Uh, <clears throat> they get Von Miller back. Uh, what's called? Uh, I don't know what was going on with with, with Dumaville or whatever, but he was not doing anything in the game Thursday. And uh, so I, I just I'm looking at. I, I mean, I like Cincinnati too. But I, I just I think when it comes down to it, they just don't have the weapons to compete with the Broncos. They don't have the weapons to compete with them. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And, and you also got to remember that, that Whitworth, the left tackle, didn't play all preseason. He's dealing right. with a knee issue too. So, you know, he's going to have to stay healthy all year for him also. So, I mean, it's going to be a long season. It'll be a long season. But at the end of the year, Paul, are you saying right now, did you think that they'll have a better record than the Denver Broncos? I, I don't Denver, think. Look at their division. They're gonna play a tough. They're gonna get beat up in that division. Denver's gotta play the Chargers, who are rebuilding, the Chiefs, who are true. rebuilding, and the Raiders. What, what, that's true. Denver might go undefeated in the division. Probably. I, I mean, some say the Chiefs could be a little better with Andy Reid and Alex Smith. I don't know if I'm necessarily seeing that, um, but. You're right. That division is – but the, you see, you look at the AFC Central, a lot of people think the Ravens are going to take a step back. A lot of people are questioning the Steelers. The young, you know, they're a lot younger that's, than they usually were. That's still going to be tough. People think the Cleveland Browns are going to be better this year. If the Ravens are still yeah, going to be I've the Ravens. They're going to be a tough beat. It's going to be, that's going to be – that's still a tough division to win games in. And they're going to lose some games on the road. 
Touchdowns doing a pretty good pace at this point. Real quickly now, Willie, I, I know you uh, you were at the Hall of Fame this uh, this summer, first time as a Hall of Famer. You being at the Hall of Fame at the Hall of Fame, going back and seeing some of uh, the other guys there at Football Heaven. How was it, man, going back as a Hall of Famer? It was great, man. I got to enjoy it. Got to hang out with the guys. Uh, you know, you go out there. We we, we sat outside the hotel in, in the front and uh, listen to uh, Fred Belichick and. And talk about those DBs back in the day, and him talking to Willie, Willie, and talking to the other guys around, and you know, I just wanted to go out there and listen to the guys and soak up, soak up the stories. You know, uh, Jim Brown and Dick Buckets, and you know, uh, hanging out with his son when I got there, and uh, you know, Forrest Gregg, and you know, just being around the legends of the game and. Those guys, it's it, it just, um, it just wonderful, man. And, uh, you know, just to be, I like to soak up some of that knowledge from a part. And I know you would be the same way, just listening to those stories about what some of those guys had to go to back in the day. Is, uh, right. it's, it, they went through a lot, man. And we, these guys today need to appreciate all the money and stuff they're making and everything. And you hear some of them old timers tell some of them stories about what they went through. It will make you appreciate a lot of stuff. Definitely, definitely. And you are uh, amongst these Hall of Famers. You're a Hall of Famer yourself, so it had to be a very good time, man, being there. And in football heaven, chilling with that yellow jacket. You still got the yellow jacket hung up in a special place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, still got it hung up in the yellow place, always. And you have to get up there one deposit. That doesn't have to be your next trip to make it up to the hall and see the, see the museum and uh you know, in the, in the new, and then in the new part of the museum, they got a big thing on the wall in the big conference room, and you got Holly Long, Joe Montana, Willie Rofe, and Emmett Smith. So, you know, that's not coming down. You know, in our uniforms, like in in the game type situation. So, for me to be a part of the hall, and then I have a big thing of me up there. Up there with those with those three guys, you know, like I said, it's real special. And, and you know, it'd be, if you get a chance to come up there, Paul, it'd be great for you to get up there and you be around those guys. Because uh, you know, it's just being in the hotel, hanging out with Larry Little and and those guys. That they're, they're a lot of fun. I mean, it definitely. I mean, it definitely seemed like you guys had a good time. All those speeches, especially last year, a lot of good speeches. Uh, Chris Carter, Very good speeches. you know. Warren Sapp as well. So a lot of a lot of great speeches at the NFL Hall of Fame. Willie, pleasure having you, man. Nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Thanks for thanks for having me. We, like you said, we'll see what happens in the course of the season. I mean, unless they have a lot of, you know, like I said, the only thing was what I said about Cincinnati is uh, they got to stay healthy at the wide opposition. I mean, who's right. going to step up and help AJ? We'll see. I love Grisham. I love the tight end, but. Uh, it's going to be tough to slow down Denver this year. Peyton got off to a slow start last year. And remember, they rolled off nine or ten in a row last year. Yeah. Well, how many can they roll off right now? 
they they look. I mean, they definitely look sharp. They definitely look like a, a a sharp football team. Definitely the other night. But watch out for those Bengals. And I did mention Andrew Hawkins, but he is on IR for the first few weeks of the season. So you know, to your point, the, who is going to step up as the second wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals? But I, somebody's going to step up. Watch out for the Bengals this year. All right. And you said, the, real quick, you said the Falcons in the NFC. I don't know. Uh, do they have the defense? Do they have the defense? Well, Offensively, got, well, yes. I think they got they got better. They got Human Yor, and they got and they got Steven Jackson. If, if Steven Jackson can stay healthy, which was I, I think he was too big. I think he was too big in St. Louis. He should have trimmed trim, trim down some. If Steven Jackson can stay healthy and run the ball, and he runs for twelve, thirteen hundred yards. The defense won't be on the field. <laughs> and, it's, it's but, and then we talk about weapons. They got a whole lot of weapons on all we no, offense, <coughs> offensively, I have no question. Yeah, but they, but they have a question. They tackle because they lost the tackle, and uh, mm-hmm. and and like you said, uh, they're gonna have to win the football. They're gonna have to win the football. I think Matt Ryan. I think the quarterback is coming into his prime. Got another young, another young gun up there playing quarterback. I, I love those big six four, six five quarterbacks, and he's and he's the prototype quarterback. So, like I said, we'll see how the defense. The defense has to play good, and they got Grimes, the quarterback, to towards ACL. He's returning back this year. And he's a real good player. So we'll see. It's, it's, it's going to be a long season. Uh, Atlanta's got a lot of experience too. They've been in the big games. They haven't won. The big game, but they've been in the big game the last couple of years. I think it's their year. That's what I mean. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. That's why they play the game. Pleasure, man. All right, thank you for having me. Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Should be very interesting. I mean, the Denver Broncos, they look sharp. They definitely look like a, a sharp football team. But I like the Bengals. I definitely like the Bengals. I like what I saw on Hard Knocks. <laughs> I just like what I saw. And I just like what I see on the defensive side of football. I, I think Andy Dalton can take that next step, and I think it's important. Obviously, to me, I look at the I look at the Cincinnati Bengals. If they want to be successful, if they want to be successful, they have to get solid quarterback play out of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Has to be better. Has to be better. I think if he's better, if he is better, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I made the prediction the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. After I saw the other night with the Denver Broncos, obviously, I might have some buyer's remorse. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. This is why they play the games. And as I said before, and I said, to, I, said, I said it to Willie Rofe, and I said it earlier on in the show. The best team does not always win the Super Bowl in the National Football League. The best team does not always win in the National Football League. Does not always happen. Doesn't. Andy Dalton has to step up. 14 for 30 in the playoffs against the uh, Houston Texans last season. 14 for 30. 127 yards and one interception, 44.7 quarterback rating. That's unacceptable in the playoffs.
especially if you're a team who wants to do big things. Unacceptable. 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 If you want to do big things, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. 14 for 30 is not acceptable. It's not. Not acceptable. 14 for 30 in the game, one interception. That's unacceptable. And that's coming off the first time he played the Texans in the playoffs, his first playoff appearance, and he was a rookie in 2011. This is his third season, usually a step-up season for a lot of players. But 257 yards, 27 for 42, but three interceptions and no touchdowns. So as not throwing a touchdown in the playoffs in two games, and has thrown four interceptions in the playoffs over the last two seasons. He's got to do better. Got to do better if the Bengals want to take that next step, and I think he will do better, and I think the Bengals will take that next step. Second hour, go for it. Starts right now. Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't see. mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't true. mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can kept marry women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that Robbie. That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. We try to make it fun here. Go for it. Blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Uh, half hour left on this show. Um, abbreviated Go For It show this Saturday afternoon. Um, we try to make it fun. We talk sports. We have fun doing it. And, you know, the NFL season is upon us. Andy Dalton needs to step up as the Bengals want to go to the Super Bowl, and I have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. But I, I mentioned earlier about the four young guns, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, RG3, Robert Griffin the third, And I said one of those guys were going to take a step, was going to take a step back this season. And the guy that I believe is going to take that step back is Robert Griffin the third has not played in this preseason. It's coming off uh, just a bad knee injury, reconstructive surgery, and he's back. He's back. And I just think this season, I mean, he's coming off a complete tear of his ACL and his LCL. Complete tear of the knee. Ripped his knee apart. 
ripped his knee apart. And I just think, you know, this is going to be, you know, another year for him. And I just think teams are going to, to scheme better against him. I think he might have a level of reluctance to run. We don't know what he has in terms of running the football. Will he be the same type of quarterback? Will he have the same level of explosiveness? I mean, you know, I heard a lot of people say this about him, and this, you know, that read option helped him. You know, just given that helped him. That helped him with his passing. It helped with a lot of areas in his game. Teams, I think, are going to be better suited to scheme against it. I think teams are going to try to get their hands on the quarterback, especially you know, you know they had they can touch the quarterback. They can touch the quarterback if they fake that handoff. Guess what? They can hit the quarterback. So, I think teams are going to hit the quarterback. Teams are going to find a way to to, to hit the quarterback, and I think teams will hit RG three more than they did last year. And 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 to Willie's point, Willie Rove said it earlier. Guys are going to go back to what they know instinctively. You know, when the, when the chips are down and when when everybody's coming against you, you go back to your instincts. And I think his instincts is to run the football, just like a Michael Vick. His instincts when it, when it's to run. That's his instinct. That's his natural instinct. And these some guys are just overly competitive. It's not overly competitive, but they're they have this mentality they can do anything and and knock down any wall and break down any barrier. Good quality, bad quality as well, because you know a, a guy like RG three, Robert Griffin the third. You know, he is a guy that has that mentality. But sometimes you got to know when to slide. Sometimes you got to know to give up. And it's Michael Vick's same mentality, even, you know, switching sports, but Allen Iverson had that same type of mentality where it was just like, you know, I'm going to go till I can go. It's that balls-to-the-wall mentality where you can't stop me. You cannot stop me. And, and, and some guys have a level – uh, I don't want to say they don't feel like they're vulnerable or anything, but they just feel like they can just do it. They they they, they feel like you know nothing can stop me, nothing can stand in my way. The only thing that can stand in my way is me. And I I just I just think Robert Griffin III, you know, not playing that preseason. I mean, he's missed the whole preseason. This guy's only you know he's only a one year starter. Only play one year in this league. He doesn't. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And Robert Griffin III, just looking at him, you know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And last season obviously was a stellar season for him. He protected the football. Only five interceptions for this guy. He protected the football. Protected the football. And if he was upright and if he was healthy, the Washington Redskins obviously would have, well, not obviously, but I believe the Washington Redskins would have beaten the Seattle Seahawks. They would have beaten the Seattle Seahawks if he was healthy in that particular game. But the Redskins as a team, you know, I, I think they take a step back as well. This team will not win the NFC East this year. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. I think the key is to the Redskins is their running game. If Alfred Morris can play the way he played last season, 
and can put up the same type of numbers that he put up a year ago, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough to beat because now, you know, that, that play action is moving, that read option is moving, and everything is, is, is jumping off. I mean, the best friend to a, to a quarterback is his run game. If Alfred Mark Morris can duplicate 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns and almost five yards per carry as he did a year ago, the Washington Redskins are going to be a tough team to beat. They're going to be tough to beat. I just don't see Griffin III having the same type of impact that he had a year ago. I just think overall teams are going to scheme better against this read option. I just think him coming off that serious knee injury, I just think it's going to be he may not have the type of year that he had a year ago, and I think he's going to get off to a slow start. And that slow start, the Washington Redskins as a team got off to a slow start. I mean, at one point they were 3-6, and six and you had uh, uh, Mike Shanahan pretty much talking about next season. Then they went on the seven-game win streak, and ultimately that seven-game win streak got them into the playoffs. But the thing about it is this. RG3, I think, is getting off to a slow start. I think he's going to get off to a slow start. I have the Redskins losing Monday night to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Eagles beat the Redskins on Monday night. RG3 is going to get off to a slow start, I believe. He's going to get off to a slow start. Now, we'll see how long it takes him to get, to get acclimated, to get himself ready to go. But it's the first three games, Philly, at Green Bay, and Detroit. So, Two home games, Philly and Detroit, and on the road against Green Bay. The Detroit Lions are going to be a better football team than a year ago. The Green Bay Packers are going to be the Green Bay Packers, and then you're going to Lambeau. And I think the Eagles are going to be a better football team than they were a year ago. I like the Eagles to win Monday night against the Washington Redskins. And granted, the Eagles defense can't really stop and has not stopped anybody during this preseason. Has not stopped anybody. They just have it. Awful, that Eagles defense. But uh, And the key is Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris. If the Eagles can stop Alfred Morris, you put a lot more pressure on Robert Griffin III to have to perform. You put a lot more pressure on RG3 to have to perform. And can he do it? Can he perform? at the level you need him to, to be successful. He's only played 15 games in this league. He's only played 15 games in this league. So the thing I say about this, and my point is, you know, there's going to be a level of rust. Now the run game. If he has that run game, that's going to help. That's going to help. It's going to help a lot. But if he doesn't, if the Eagles can stop the run game, if the Eagles can get pressure on him. I mean, he hasn't thrown a pass in months. Last pass he's thrown on a football field was back in January. Nine months later, he's going to throw his first pass on a football field, live action, with guys coming at him, running at his knees and, and legs and things of that nature. Can he deal with that?
How will he deal with that? And you look at Robert Griffin III, and he just has star potential. Star, It just has star written all over him. But I think this is the year where he takes that step back. But he does take the step back, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to be, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be a big-time quarterback, but I just think 2013 is going to be a struggle for him out the gate. 2013 is going to be a struggle for him out the gate because of not playing the preseason, because of coming off reconstructive knee surgery, because of those things. And because also I don't think the Redskins will be as good as they were a year ago. I think teams will find a way to scheme better, and and I also think Alfred Morris will not be as much of a factor as he was a year ago. Should be very interesting. But again, in my opinion, RG3, Robert Griffin III, takes that step back this season. Andrew Luck will still have a level of success. Russell Wilson will still be successful. And the Seattle and the uh, San Francisco 49ers and Colin Kaepernick will also have a level of success. Let's go. Now, just go, let's go around the league and division by division. I'll just give you my prediction who's going to win each division. Let's start in the NFC with the NFC West. I like the San Francisco 49ers to win that division. They're still a solid football team, still a stacked football team. Colin Kaepernick is a stud. He's a star. I like the 49ers to win that division. Let's go to NFC South. I like the Atlanta Falcons to win. And offensively, that team is just off the charts offensively. The weapons that Matt Ryan has, adding a Steven Jackson to go along with Tony Gonzalez and Julio Jones and Roddy White. I mean, you know, that's a big-time situation there in Atlanta on the offensive side of football, I think that this team is going to be tough to beat. And I think the Atlanta Falcons, with all that being said, Harry Douglas as well is another guy that we kind of overlook, but he's a decent wide receiver as well. I like the Falcons to win the NFC South. Let's go to the NFC North. I think this is still Green Bay's division. I think the Detroit Lions will be better. Chicago Bears will be about the same. I think the Minnesota Vikings take a step back. They were 10-6 and six a year ago. I don't see that happening this year. I don't see Christian Ponder being better. And I think he's going to have to be better. You can't expect Adrian Peterson to get 2,000 yards. And he needed every bit of those 2,000 yards to get to Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs. He needed every bit of it. Especially in that final game against the Green Bay Packers where he was big time. I see the Minnesota Vikings taking a step back. And going now to the NFC East, this is an interesting division for me. Um, Washington won the division last season. I don't think that's happening this year. As I said before, RG3 is going to have some struggles early on, and I think those struggles are going to affect the Washington Redskins throughout the course of the season. I like the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East. I think they're going to be better defensively, and I think that was one of the issues that they had defensively. Couldn't stop anybody. Couldn't stop anybody when they needed to. Defensively, that's going to be big for the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to be big. What can they do defensively? Will they step up defensively? Monty Kiffin there as the defensive coordinator. Will that be enough to step them up? Will that be enough to make them a better football team on the defensive side of football? I think they will. Tony Romo got the big contract. I think he has something to prove. Des Bryant, I think he's going to have a big-time year. DeMarco Murray is back. 
I like the Dallas Cowboys to win the, win the NFC East. Painful as that is for me, being a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan. I like the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East. So, division winners. Dallas in the NFC East. Green Bay in the NFC North. Atlanta in the NFC South. And San Francisco in the NFC West. Wild cards will be Seattle coming out of the NFC West. And my second wild card, and this is a difficult one for me. I'm trying to figure this one out. It, to me, it comes down to the New Orleans Saints. I think they'll be better with Sean Payton back. But the key is, what they what will they do defensively with Rob Ryan? Will they be better? If they're better defensively, they're in the playoffs. And I like the Lions. Uh, I really do bring it in to Reggie Bush. Uh, their front four is very formidable. Ugh. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints to get back to the playoffs. So my wild cards are the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints in the NFC. Let's go to AFC now. Starting out with the AFC West, that's an easy one. The Denver Broncos are going to win that division. Going away, Oakland stinks. San Diego is probably not going to be much better. And Kansas City, Alex Smith is their quarterback. I know there's a lot of praise for that team. I know they had a lot of pro bowlers last season. I know Andy Reid is there. I don't see it. I know you can't see the Chiefs. I, I, I don't see Alex Smith. Um, I think he's a game manager, nothing more, nothing less. Andy Reid likes to throw the football a lot. You're going to rely on Alex Smith to throw the football a lot, 30, 40 times a game. Andy Reid hates to run. He hates to run. And we'll see how he utilizes Jamal Charles, Charles, Charles excuse me, arguably or maybe his best offensive player. So we'll see. But I think Kansas City Chiefs won't be as good. Uh, they'll be, obviously, they'll be better than – then two and fourteen, but they're not going to challenge the Denver Broncos in the AFC West. I look for the Denver Broncos to go six and zero in the division. Look, going to the AFC South, I still see the Houston Texans there. I think Indy is still going to be a formidable opponent in, in that division. Not, I, I don't see them winning that division. I see the Houston Texans doing it. Jacksonville will be a little better, and I think the Tennessee Titans will be a little better. But none of those will, none of those teams. The Colts will be there. But I like Houston in, that, in the AFC South. Going to the AFC North, I like the Cincinnati Bengals here. I love, with, I love their defense. I love their defense. The key to the Cincinnati Bengals and their success is Andy Dalton. Pittsburgh is kind of in transition on some level. Baltimore, you know, they lost a lot, but I think Baltimore is still going to be okay. And Cleveland, many believe Cleveland is going to be a little better, but they're not going to be good enough. Cincinnati wins that division. AFC East, this is New England's division. Dolphins may be a little better, but this is New England's division, hands down. They're the best team in this division. Buffalo, E.J. Manuel, the quarterback situation. I mean, E.J. Manuel, when it's all said and done, may be a very good quarterback, but I think he's going to have some struggles out the gate here for the Buffalo Bills. Geno Smith and the New York Jets are going to have struggles. Sanchez, Smith, whoever it is, it's going to be a struggle in New York. Last year for Rex Ryan. Miami, like I said, Tannehill is going to be better. Bringing in a Mike Wallace definitely helps your situation. Bring it back a Brian Hartline. Definitely helps your situation. Hartline had a pretty good year. A lot of people sleep on Brian Hartline, but he had a pretty good season a year ago for the Miami Dolphins. The key is, and the key is with every team in the National Football League, is quarterback play. Quarterback play is the key. Quarterback play, quarterback play, quarterback play. That is the key. Comes down to quarterback. If Tannehill can be better than he was as a rookie, and he was pretty decent as a rookie, Mike Wallace, 
He has some weapons on Mike Wallace. If that happens, the Dolphins could be better. They're going to be better. They're going to be better than they were a year ago. But is it going to be enough? That's New England's division. In terms of the wild cards, in terms of the wild cards in the AFC, I've been looking at this now for a couple of days and figure out in terms of where I want to go in terms of the wild card. Because you know a lot in the NFL, the playoff, the teams that make the playoffs, it changes. changes a lot. I like in terms of getting that first wild card, I like the Indianapolis Colts to get it. Um, Andrew Luck is going to continue to be and progress this season for the Colts. I like Andrew Luck and the Colts to get that first wild card spot. And I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to make a return to the playoffs. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, and just some of the guys that they have in that locker room, I think it's going to get them, will be enough. They still have Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders on the outside. They still have weapons. You know, Mike Wallace is big, but Antonio Brown and and Emmanuel Sanders are are decent wide receivers. Some questions at the running back position. Le'Veon Bell still out, but Isaac Redman was not bad. Key is that offensive line. What's that offensive line going to be? They got to keep Big Ben healthy and keep him upright. They do that. They do that. They'll be fine defensively. They're still pretty much the same football team on the defensive side of football, and that's still formidable. So I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to make a return to the playoffs this season. So let's uh, let's review. Let's review. Here's who I have in terms of going to the playoffs in the AFC. I have the Denver Broncos winning to AFC West easily. I have the Houston Texans winning the AFC South. I have the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North. And I have the New England Patriots winning the AFC East. And in terms of the wild cards, I like the Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers to get in on the wild card, to be the wild card teams in the AFC. That's how I feel when it's all said and done. The Seattle, not the Seattle, San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals will meet at MetLife Stadium and forecasters. I know the Almanac is saying that it could be snow. It could be a snowstorm there at the Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium, but I like the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers to be there in the Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium in New York. Well, in the Meadowlands, and that's actually in New Jersey. Should be interesting. Should be great. Should be a great, great NFL season. Great NFL season. I'm excited. Eight, let another seven minutes left in the show. Before we get out of here, I got to touch on Johnny Manziel. Last week, a lot of people questioning Johnny, and you know, he got a couple of taunting penalties in that game against the uh, against the Rice Owls as he was suspended for the first half. And you know, I mean, I looked at that situation many weeks back, and I'm saying to myself, you know, this guy's signing all those thousands and thousands of autographs, and somehow, some way, he didn't get paid for it. So I guess he loves just giving his autographs away for free. But anyway. Anyway, anyway, only suspended for half. And, you know, he came back in that second half, impressive, got a couple penalties, you know, autographed gestures, going back and forth with some of the players on the right house. And, 
after the penalty, walking past his coach in a way that some deemed as disrespectful. I look at Johnny Menzel, and obviously he's a young kid, 20 years old. But this is a guy, a la Brett Favre, who has that gunslinger mentality, but has that same type of mentality where, you know, he's going to come back at you. You come back at him, he's going to come back at you. He's not going to back down. He has that mentality. He's not going to back down. A lot of people are coming out. You know, Barry Switzer said he would have grabbed his face mask. Some said he would have ch- Lou Holtz, I believe, said he was going to choke him, would have choked him if he was the coach. And a lot of people coming out against him. And, you know, uh, football is a game of emotion. And, you know, Johnny Menzel is an emotional guy. He's a guy that goes out there competitive as I don't know what. And, and it wants to win. And it's proven to be a big-time quarterback on the college level. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, so obviously he's a big-time quarterback on the collegiate level. But I look at him, and I think we're kind of making a big deal of it. I think we kind of make a big deal a lot of times when the, you know, we, we, we look at some guys, and, and we forget that he's only 20 years old, and we forget that we were 20 years old at one point in our lives, and we forget our mentality at 20 years old. We forget some of the things that we did, said, and, and, and acted like at the age of 20 years old. We, we, we forget that. We forget it. Granted, he's on a higher stage. Granted, he's held to a different standard because he won the Heisman. And granted, if he's getting penalties and getting penalized for for taunting and and autograph gestures and things of that nature, if he's getting penalized for it, then it's hurting the football team and obviously it's something that needs to stop. But, but, if it's not hurting the team, if he's not getting penalized, it's really not that big of a deal. The key now for Johnny Heisman and Johnny Manziel and the Texas A&M Aggies is what happened next week against Alabama. That's going to be a doozy. That's going to be big. That's going to be very exciting. That's a game that everybody and their mama is looking forward to in College Station. What happens next week against Alabama? What happens next week against the Alabama, who was definitely smart off of that loss a year ago to that Texas A&M Aggies? This is where Johnny Menzel became Johnny Heisman pretty much against Alabama a year ago. Should be very, very interesting, but I think we're making too much of a big deal about Johnny Menzel and everything that's going on with him. He is a kid, and he won the football game. He played well. Again, if, if he's getting penalized for, for taunting and things of that nature and it's hurting the football team, then we have an issue. But it didn't hurt him against the Rice House. And, again, it's, it is Rice after all. But he can't be doing that against Alabama and getting penalized and, and, and losing 15 yards. That's a lot of yardage when it's a game of inches and you're playing a tough team like Alabama. Real quickly now, Riley Cooper and that whole issue with, with Kerry Williams and everything. I, I mean, it, it is a big deal to me because of what Riley Cooper said in the offseason. Kerry Williams was, was uh, according to some sources, uh, according to some reports, excuse me, uh, people have said that Kerry Williams used the N-word to Riley Cooper and said, I am the wrong N-word to, to bleep with. I am the wrong N-word to F with, is what Kerry Williams was heard saying, according to some reports at practice when he was talking and arguing with Riley Cooper. Well, so that to me tells me that Kerry Williams still possibly may have some issues with Riley Cooper. And that tells me that there's, this still could be an issue for the Philadelphia Eagles. They <clears throat> don't need these distractions, as Michael Vick said. Michael Vick said also these young dudes don't listen to him. 
that's not really uh, good for Michael Vick and not really a glowing assessment of Michael Vick's leadership. Young dudes should want to listen to Michael Vick, and maybe that's just frustration talking for Michael Vick. But, I mean, <clears throat> Kerry Williams is a guy who, he's a hothead. I mean, we've seen the Super Bowl. I mean, he he's a hothead, and one of the biggest games of his life could have got ejected as he pushed a referee in that particular game. Not saying he did it purposely, but he could have got arrested. He could have got ejected in that game. He could have got ejected. I look at the whole situation, Riley Cooper, it's still an issue in that locker room. And bottom line, if Riley Cooper is not productive, he doesn't need to be with the Philadelphia Eagles. He just doesn't. If if he's a distraction and he's not productive, he needs to go. But if he's productive, which I think he will be fairly productive this season, fairly. I'm not saying he's going to be Jeremy Macklin, but I think he's going to be fairly productive for the Eagles. If he's fairly productive for the Philadelphia Eagles, then I'm okay with him still being in the locker room and still being a part of the Eagles team. But, again, at the end of the day, end of the day you got to move forward. you got to move on. You may not like what he said, but the reality is there's a lot of racists in every walks of life, no matter where you go. If they're professional, if they're getting the job done, then to me it's all good. The moment that that doesn't happen is the moment that it becomes an issue. But he, as long as he keeps it professional, as long as he's making plays for you, as long as what he, he's doing what he has to do on the football field, it's not an issue. It's not a problem. Just just the way I view it. I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgam where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash user slash go for it again, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Also, also hit us up on Twitter at go for it again, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. And again, you can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. For everybody here at Go For It, we hope you enjoy football. It's back, baby. We hope you enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it, and we hope that you'll be back here to talk to us about it next week. For everybody here at Go For It, we hope you have a great day. See you later. Take care. Bye. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.